Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's up, everybody? I'm Najee Adams. And I'm Hunter Jacobs. And you're listening to the Hoopball Nets Podcast. So, before we get into stuff... As per usual, just want to say, make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes. You can look up Hoop Dash Ball or Hoop Ball Nets. Leave a review, five-star rating. All reviews are getting read on the podcast, and it would do us a big favor. Um, yeah, in this episode, we're going to be covering the Nets' winless three games. Uh, we, I actually said that they're going to win both games before Thanksgiving, so uh, I was completely wrong. The baller of the week will be the one Heat game win. <laughs> And these three losses. So what we're going to do is whenever they have a completely winless week, we're not going to give a baller of the week. We'll say who has the best performances, but they don't deserve one. They got to win this week, so we'll do it. But in the future, if they ever have a completely winless week, they will not get one. We will just say the noteworthy performer of the week. (laughs) Noteworthy performer. Okay, so we're going to start off. With their loss to the Mavericks, they lost one thirteen to one nineteen. Uh, the biggest thing that stood out to me in this game was how they got outscored twenty seven to eighteen in the second quarter, and also the horrible defense this game. But we'll get to that later. They lost the turnover battle fourteen to thirteen, won the offensive rebound battle sixteen to eighteen, but somehow lost the defensive rebound battle thirty seven to twenty six. So overall, they got that was a lot of numbers. But overall, they got out rebounded forty five to forty two. They shot 44.7% from the field, 33.3% from the three-point line, and the Mavs shot 48.7% from the field and 40.7% from the three-point line. So overall, the Mavs shot better from the three-point line and the field. They got absolutely destroyed by Devin Harris. Devin Harris scored eight points to break a tie in the fourth quarter and got two of his four steals in that same time span. I don't know how you allow yourself to get bodied by Devin Harris. Former New Jersey net Devin Harris. <laughs> Devin Harris. But on to the box scores. Uh, the notable performances this game are really from Harrison. The people you expected. I mean, and then Devin Harris and J.J. Barea. So Harrison Barnes had 28 points, 5 rebounds, and a steal. 
on 10 of 20 shooting. He hit five threes. This was basically, in 35 minutes, this was basically his best game of the season. They locked up Dorian Finney-Smith. They locked up Dennis Smith Jr. too. Dennis Smith Jr. only played 18 minutes. Yeah, but he was two of three from the field. And he was dealing with a sprained wrist. So. Yeah, so I mean, he made the most of the shots he took, but he didn't play a lot. They started Luka Doncic at the four. As always. As always. 33 minutes, 21 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, That's like his steals. generic stat line, 21-9-4. That's from, yeah. And then he shot 5 of 11 from the field, 2 of 3 from the three-point line. Good game from Luka Doncic. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, tw- he, he did what you expect. Yeah, 12-14. and 14. He didn't have any blocks this game in 29 minutes, 66.6% from the field. He shot 4 of 6 from the free throw line, which is still a pretty decent percentage for DeAndre Jordan. J.J. Barea scored 18 points. In 18 minutes? No. He scored 18 points in 18 minutes. No, J.J. Barea. Oh, okay. He played 29 minutes, but he was 8 of 14. He was only 1 for 4 from the three-point line. Devin Harris... Four of seven, 18 minutes, 18 points, two threes, eight of ten from the line, three rebounds, four steals. Two of which came Just in the fourth quarter. Mind-boggling. Uh, their biggest plus-minus was J.J. Barea. So in the time that he played, the Mavs played the best. Despite the monster performance by Devin Harris, he had a plus-minus of zero. <laughs> but uh, the Nets still lost this game, so not much to say. Joe Harris, old reliable, 8 points, 3 of 11 shooting, 1 of 7 from the 3-point line. He was horrible this game. And he fouled out. And he fouled out, yeah. So this is a horrible game from Joe Harris. Jared, I don't even want to make. Well, Jared Dudley only played 18 minutes and Ronda House Jefferson played 26, so that's good to see. Okay, so starting from this game, things have changed. And they've lost every game. So, yes. hey. Yes. <laughs> Maybe but that's Kenny Atkins. But it's also because Karis LeVert is out. But things have finally changed. Uh, Jared Dudley. Meaningless stat line. Two points. Four rebounds. One assist. Uh, Jared Allen. 26 minutes. Six points on three of eight shooting. 0 for 2 from the three-point line. Six rebounds. One steal and one block. It was a lackluster performance from Jared Allen. Okay. He- so... I will say that Alan Crabb had an Alan amazing Crabb. game. However, I believe this is probably the best game we'll see all season. He said after the game, shooters got to shoot. <laughs> like, listen, buddy, you've been shooting all season, and it hasn't been looking good. This is the best game that he has had all season. He still had a minus nine plus minus. He, he shot 63% from both the field and three-point line. He added two steals, a block, three rebounds to his 27 points. He hit seven so, threes. So it was an amazing game for him. But don't expect that a lot because I'm still not high on Alan Crabb. I, I think I'm this not was just a Alan fluke Crabb performance. Um, D'Angelo Russell and Ed, Ed Davis both had 17 points, but D'Lo went 6 of 18 from the field, which is bad. More shots than points. Wow, shock. How many he times also, do I have to say that? He also went 3 of 11 from the three-point line. Wasn't his best shooting performance. He added four re- four assists and five rebounds. Uh, Ed Davis, 17 points on 8 of 8. He went 100% from the field. He had 17 and 9. He Ed, was the he was the star of this game along with Alan Crabb. Ed Davis is one of the most underrated players this season, and I'll continue to say he's one of the most underrated signings of the offseason. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, 
19 points on 5 of 11 shooting. He was 1 for 5 from the three-point line. No net shot well from the three-point line besides Shabazz Napier and Allen Crabb. Other than that, everyone was off from behind the arc tonight. They also only had two players who had a positive plus-minus, and those two players had a huge positive plus-minus. Rondé Hollis with a plus-14 in his 26 minutes, opposed to Jared Dudley's team low, (laughs) minus-17 in his 18 minutes. So I believe this is really where Kenny Atkinson took that stat, realized it, (laughs) And switched up the lineup because Jared Dudley does not even deserve to grace the court anymore. And uh, the other person was Spencer Dinwiddie with a plus 11 to go along with his 19 points on 5'11 shooting. And let's not leave out Damari Carroll who played 19 minutes and went 0-7 from the field. He went 0-7, had four personal fouls, had one steal, and one turnover. So his stats were one rebound, one steal, <laughs> one turnover, and he played 19 minutes. And hit no you shots. Played, you played a whole quarter and a half, and you did nothing. Literally had no impact on the game at all. And I realize that he's coming back from injury, but for a veteran... Him and Alan Crabb have been so massively let down. Like, they should not be doing this. Even though... Karis LeVert was the star, and they were both on the bench. You don't expect a lot from your bench. They are veterans. They're supposed to perform at least on average with how they would in their career. They're both going to get over 20, 25 minutes a game now with LeVert down. And Alan Crabb should have more performances like this. Will he? I don't think so. I don't think so. Damari Carroll hasn't had a performance like that yet. He needs like a 15 and 10 double-double or something with some threes to to get me back on the Damari train because right now it's not looking too good. Just an interesting stat, D'Lo and Dinwiddie combined for the same amount of points as Berea and and Devin Harris, but Dinwiddie played 28 minutes and Russell played 26, while Harris only played 18 and Berea played 29. So uh, They basically got outplayed by J.J. Berea and Devin Harris. 54 minutes to 47 minutes. That's that's just that 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 was the uh, Nets playing more minutes, and there's not a person same amount of points. And Dinwiddie and Russell are both supposed to be better in skill than Berea and and Devin Harris. It goes D'Lo Dinwiddie Berea Harris, and it was backwards basically (laughs) in this game. Terrible. On to their loss to the Timberwolves. They lost 112 to 102. They got outscored 35 to 23 in the third quarter. Last game, they got outscored in the second quarter by a ton. This game, they got outscored in the third quarter by a ton. Uh, they lost. This was the first game in a while that they really got destroyed on the turnovers. They lost the turnover battle 18 to 7. The Timberwolves had 15 steals compared to the Nets' two. This is like this sounds like what we used to say in the beginning of the season when the Nets were having 22 23 turnovers a game. But no, they they gave up 15 steals to the Timberwolves, but they won rebounds 46 to 38, but it didn't matter because they played so sloppy. They shot 41 41.8% from the field and 31.1% from 3, and the Timberwolves shot 47.8% from the field and 36% from 3. It honestly feels like the Nets allow almost every team to shoot almost either almost 50% or 50%, which isn't going to lead to much many wins. On to the box score. Taj Gibson, 25 minutes, 16 points, 11 rebounds, and nine of them were defensive. He also had three steals and a block. Okay, so I'll say that they played 
good defense on two to three players. They played well against Wiggins. I mean, you don't have to do well to play well against Wiggins these days. Um, they played well against Gorgie Dang. Okay, how 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 good of an accomplishment is and that? And they played well against Dario Saric. Covington, I guess you could say, but he also had 7.6 rebounds and 5 steals exactly. in his 37 minutes. So it's not like he made no impact on the game. But Carl Anthony Towns shot 50%, scored 21 points with 9 rebounds, 1 assist, two, 1 steal, 1 block. Almost fouled out, but didn't. And uh, the point guards of the Timberwolves... Combined for 40. Derrick Rose led the, t- led the team in scoring. With 25 points, 11 of 17 shooting. 2 of 2 from 3. Added 2 rebounds and 3 assists. Derrick Rose has had a career revival, so it's not like... It's this not like a, this is out of the ordinary. It's not as shocking as Devin Harris. Yeah, exactly. Because Derrick Rose has been the second best player on the also, court. Also, Derrick Rose did it in 29 minutes. Devin Harris scored 18 and 18. Yes. So, I mean... But... So this is this was good for Derrick Rose. I'm still happy for him. Good career I'm happy revival. for him too. Jeff Teague had 15 points in 30 minutes. Went four of eight from the field. Had nine assists uh, and a steal. Um, Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins has been bad. Real. I've been saying Wiggins is a personally. I've been saying Wiggins is a bust for a long, a long time. And it seems like more people are starting to realize it. This was the game before he went off 12. I think so. He was 4 of 14, 1 of 4 from 3, 9 points, 2 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, 2 personal fouls in 35 minutes. Shout out to my boy Tyus Jones, 7 (laughs) points and 4 assists in 17 minutes. I'm a huge Tyus Jones fan. On to the next box score, Joe Harris. Oh, reliable. He kind of came back. He kind of bounced back. Still inefficient. He has not shot well at all as a late. Oh, reliable is unreliable. Yeah, he played 33 minutes, which is a team high. He had 18 points. He was 5 of 13 from the field and 4 of 10 from the three-point line. He added six rebounds and four assists, so it's good to see him doing things outside of hitting threes again. Okay, and Jared Dudley started again. He played 15 minutes. Kenny Atkinson got the hint that he has to start playing less minutes, but continued to start him through this game. You will see the change in the game against the Sixers. But for now, he played 15 minutes, scored four points, two or three. Still a minus five plus minus. (laughs) Never really contributes much while he's on the court. Uh, Disappointment. Jared Allen, 26 minutes, 12 points. Fouled out. (laughs) Fouled out. I didn't even notice. 5 of 8 from the field. 0 of 2 from 3 yet again. And why is he taking... He takes some ill-advised threes that he should not be taking. He he hit them in the first game of the season and thought that he, he had a gun on his I hand. Thought, I th- thought that he was going to hit every three he takes and he cannot hit one anymore. So he should stop. Go back to being traditional and just scoring your two-pointers because the threes are not hidden. Alan Crabb went back to being a dud. 11 points, 30 minutes, 4 of 10 shooting, 3 of 9 from the three-point line, 5 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 block. And then, I don't even know what to say. All right, so (laughs) can someone please explain to me how you have two point guards on the other team combined for 40 and shoot the ball well? And your two point guards combined for 23 with your franchise cornerstone having five of those 23. 
So D'Angelo Russell had five on two of ten shooting. Wow, doubled the amount of shots he had compared to points. Shock, he took more threes than he had points. He was 0 of 6 from three. One of two from the line. Couldn't even do that right. And then he turns the ball over four times, the most on the team. He did add five assists and three rebounds. He only played 25 minutes, which makes sense. Kenny Atkinson, we know he has a short leash on him. If he's playing bad, he's going to be taken out the game. Free Shabazz Napier, again, 17 minutes, 12 points, 4 or 5 from the field, 3 or 4 from 3, 6 rebounds. He had 3 turnovers, the second most on the team in 17 minutes. All right, and he shot 80% <laughs> from the field and added a steal and a block, something D'Lo could not add to the game. On to Damari Carroll. He had a better game. 23 minutes, 13 points, 3 of 9 from the field, 7 rebounds, 2 assists. It's okay. It's decent. He went 2 of 5 from the 3-point line. He still shot 3 of 9. That has to go up a little bit, but it's fine. Ed Davis had a dud in this game, yeah, surprisingly. Ed, he only had 4 rebounds, 2 offensive, Zero 2 defensive. points in 12 minutes. He only took 1 shot, though. And then, uh, last but not least, Spencer Dinwiddie, 29 minutes, 18 points, 6 of 14 from the field, 2 of 8 from the three-point line, and uh, 3 rebounds and 8 assists. So he had 18 and 8 game. It's pretty good from Dinwiddie, but it wasn't enough for the Nets to get the W. He is trending in the six-man-of-the-year direction, if you ask me. He's trending in the Brooklyn Ball of the Week direction, too. Um, on to the most heartbreaking loss. That may be the most heartbreaking loss they had all season. Either this one or the one where D'Lo threw it out of bounds um, behind his, I mean, well, uh, no look. I would say it's that one because at that point you still had Lavert and there was hope. Who was that again? That was against the Pelicans. Yes. And there, I remember was, Drew and there was still hope that the team would go somewhere, even if it's just the seven seed, but that they'd make the playoffs. At this point, you know that it's unlikely. You know that... There's not much they can do. They lost their star. There's not much that can be done anymore unless they acquire somebody through trade. That's really the only thing that can fill a void at this point. Speaking of acquiring someone through trade, this is way out of the realm of possibility, but it came to my mind just now. Do you think that the Nets would try or will try to acquire Markel Fultz? I was thinking about it. It's... It's risky because if he turns out to be good, then you have four good guards. Yeah, but then you can trade one for someone pretty decent. I mean... I mean, he's not going to be good this season anyway. I know you don't want to hear this, but if he turns out to be nice, the one that gets traded is Spencer Dinwiddie. <laughs> Spencer Dinwiddie. D'Angelo Russell will have no <laughs> hey, role Spencer on Dinwiddie. Team. He'd be the two. Or Markel could be the two. Carries LeVert is way oh, better dang. than both of them. D'Lo's better than Markel Fultz. D'Lo's better than Markel Fultz. It is yet to be seen. No, it is to be seen. Mark Fultz has been Fultz horrible. Is. But I don't even know what the Nets would trade him. Apparently, he's going. He, uh, the the Cavs are in talks with them. I don't yeah. know what the Cavs have to trade. Like J.R. Smith and a pick. Like I don't I know. Like I said, I still want them to go for Otto Porter and Tobias Harris. That's I think they'll get Tobias. I, uh, I don't know. I think in the offseason, they'll get Tobias. I hear a lot of Nets fans saying that they want Jimmy Butler. That's not happening. I mean, that would be great, but it's not <laughs> happening. So. On to the net, to the Nets lost to the Sixers. They lost one twenty seven to one twenty five to make it three straight losses. They lost to turnovers yet again, a large amount of turnovers, sixteen to nine. The Sixers had nine steals compared to the Nets two. That's back to back games. The Nets have only had two steals. Uh, the 
Okay, so when you look at their percentages, you would think that the Nets would win this game. The Nets shot 56.8% from the field and 40% from three. The Sixers shot 48.4% from the field and 41% from three. Keep in mind, every game that we've recapped so far, the team, the team that they've played has shot at least 47%. The Sixers shot 48%, the Timberwolves shot 47%, and the Mavericks shot 48%. There's like the Nets al- okay, almost so, always give up 50% so their to guard were already bad at defense and then you take away the better of the two defenders in Levert. And no one else on their team is really amazing at defense. I guess Rondé Hollis is their best defender and he got completely jaded yeah, by is Jimmy he Butler. Though? Yeah, like so regardless they don't have one. They uh, Joe Harris maybe. They they don't have someone who is locked down. Completely locked down. They have people who are better at defense than they are offense, like Rondé Hollis. Alan Crabb does both. Damari Carroll does both. But it's it's a problem They're, that they can't fix unless they, again, through trade. They need to get someone who plays defense. That's the bottom line. So, if you Jimmy Butler, right wing, step back three, with four-tenths of a second remaining, and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson's eye. It was perfect defense. There's nothing more he could have done except block it. So, th- the funniest part of it all is D'Angelo Russell <laughs> walking from the end of the bench right next to the referee at the edge of the court as if he is going to, like, talk... Trash in Jimmy Butler's <laughs> he ear. He was talking too. He was talking. And as Jimmy Butler steps back and hits the shot, walks right past D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo's just quiet. Quiet. Just pure quiet. Silence. <laughs> That's the funniest part of it all. But it, I can't even say anything bad about D'Lo because once we get to his stat line, it was sick. So on to the. We're gonna start with the Sixers. Uh, the Sixers. We're led by Jimmy Butler. He had 34 points on 11 of 20 shooting. He was 5 of 6 from 3, 7 of 7 from the free throw line. 12 rebounds. 12. He had 34 and 12. With four steals. With four steals and only two fouls. Amazing game. Uh, And he was questionable. He was questionable going into the game. He looked perfectly fine to me. Even Wilson Chandler had an amazing game. 10 (laughs) points, 3 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 of 7 shooting. That's just a reliable game. Joel Embiid, uh, 32 points, 36 minutes, 11 of 19. He didn't hit a three-point. 12 rebounds as well. It's it's expected. That's about his stat line on the yeah, year. Yeah, like, he had two blocks, four turnovers, four assists, 12 rebounds, went 10 of 12 from the free throw line. J.J. Redick, he only went 1 of 5 from 3, 5 of 14 from the field. He did have 15 points. They but did overall, pretty well on him. The Nets played pretty good defense. Ben Simmons just filled the box score. He had 13 points, 5 of 13 shooting, 3 of 6 from the line, uh, 5 rebounds, three 9 steals. assists, and then 5 defensive stats with 3 steals and 2 blocks. And then they got, I don't want to say lit up, but they got lit up by Landry Shamet. 16 points. Four of four from the three-point line in 19 minutes. So so I'll tell you now. The problem with the Sixers is what's going to kill them in the playoffs, in my opinion. I think they have no real chance of coming out of the East. They are six deep. They play their starters and Landry Shamet, And no one else is reliable of more than three points. They, they're going to crumble to a team like the Celtics or Raptors that has 10 players who can score. 
So, I think the Nets should... Like, the fact that they played them close without Levert is already a plus. It's a negative for the Sixers, but the Nets should have won this game. They were up 118 to 105. 118 105. That is ending the game on a 22 to 7 run. <laughs> on to the Nets. Uh, Joe Harris, old reliable. He's been bad these last three games. I'm sorry. 29 minutes, 9 points, 4 of 10 from the field, 1 so, of 5 from the three-point line. If there, Dudley does not count in this because it's just always him. But if there had to be a Brooklyn bum of the week, it would be Joe Harris for this week. Jared Dudley's just the one that award is Joe named Harris after. just the Brooklyn bum of the year. So. <laughs> you mean Jared Dudley. Jared, what did I say? Jared Harris? <laughs> Jared Harris. <laughs> and then Ronda Hollis Jefferson, 29 minutes. Jared Harris. Ronda Hollis Jefferson, 29 minutes, 13 points. He started. He, he started. And Jared Dudley only played 13 minutes compared to his 29. This so was the game. Kenny Atkinson that got the hit. It all changed. So starting from now on, I hope. I hope the Nets win some more games with Ronda Hollis starting and Dudley taking a fat seat on the end of the bench. I really, really hope that it works. Jared Allen finally played well. He had 17 points, 7 of 11 shooting. Once again, 0 for 1 from three-point line. And 10 rebounds contributed no defense and no assists. <laughs> but Allen Crabb, 25 minutes, 0 points. Bum of, of the game. 0 of 4 from the field, 0 of 3 from the three-point line. He his only In 25 minutes, he contributed one assist, two turnovers, <laughs> and a foul. So, so <laughs> please explain to me how you play two quarters and one minute and you do not score a point, get a rebound, have a defensive stat, or have anything more than one assist. Don't even draw a simple foul. Nothing. <laughs> you do nothing in 25 minutes. But then you have the only two players. I'll say Jared Allen, too. So the two other players, aside from Jared Allen, who actually showed up in this game to play, the two point guards played as they're supposed to. But today they didn't have any help. Yo, D'Angelo Russell, we'll, we'll save him for last. In 28 minutes, Spencer Dinwiddie had 31 points. He missed four shots. He was 11 of 15 from the field, 4 of 5 from the three-point line, 5 of 6 from the free-throw line, and added five assists, three turnovers. I personally believe this was the best performance of the night. That's my opinion, though. I mean, based off efficiency, yes. But on to D'Angelo Russell, 34 minutes, 38 points. Which is a net high for the season. Uh, 16 of 28 from the field, which is still 57% from the field. 2 for 6 from 3, 8 rebounds, and 8 assists. He had 38, 8, and 8. Okay. He was 2 rebounds and 2 assists so, away from a 38-point so triple-double. one good thing about his performance, well, aside from the performance itself, is that the only three players this season to have a 35, 8, and 8 game are LeBron, the best player in basketball, Anthony Davis, the best power forward in basketball, and Nikola Jokic, a top three center in the game. So he joined some good company with this performance, and he had 38 8 and 8. He didn't just have 35 8 and 8. Let me just mention that the Dinwiddie and Russell combined for 69 points, while Embiid and, and Jimmy Butler combined for 66. It was the supporting cast. 
that got outplayed. Although the Nets are a deeper team, the people who played for the Sixers played better than the people who played for the Nets, aside from the two-on-two showdown. Not only did they score 69, but they're the first two Nets teammates since Darren Williams and Brooke Lopez in 2015 to both score 30 points in a game. All right. My problem with the game is, so D'Angelo Russell has 38 points. There's seven minutes and seven seconds left in the fourth quarter. You're like, oh, he could really get 45. He could really get 50 in this game. And he takes one shot in the last seven minutes and seven seconds. And they asked D'Angelo Russell why that was. And he said every time he crossed the half court line, he was getting doubled and trapped. So what I would like to know, if he's getting doubled, who is the fifth person open who's not making their shot? That's what I want to know. Probably Joe, Joe Harris. Harris, Alan Crabb, anybody on the court that could not make the shot when it mattered. And then their defense completely fell apart. It's not like their defense was really there in the first place. But when you're up 118, 105, and you just get completely destroyed to end the game, it is not a pretty sight. As much as I hate. I won't say hate. As much as I'm not a fan of D'Angelo Russell's game and the inefficiencies, the more shots than points, and the overhype for his underperformance, he is one of the only players in NBA history to average 22-5-5 per 36 minutes, 22 or under. The other people are Oscar Robertson, Michael Jordan, LeBron did it three times, Giannis, and him. So, he is one of five players. The four are all going to be Hall of Famers. Giannis and LeBron will be Hall of Famers when it's said and done. And he has always had good numbers per 36. This season, he's averaging 17.8 points, 4 rebounds, and 5.5 assists on 42.3% shooting. From the field, which is a career high in 28 minutes, which is the most that he's ever averaged on the Nets. On the Lakers, both seasons, he averaged 28.2 and 28.7. So on the Nets, this is a good amount of minutes for him, and he's having the best season of his career so far. Do I think he'll hit 20 points this season? I don't know. I say yes only because Lavert is out, but he should. He should. If he doesn't, that's a letdown to me. Without Lavert, he will always have the ball in his hands. But he has he has averaged 20 since Lavert went down. So he should be able to get to 20 points by the time Lavert returns. But we'll see. But it's promising to see that if he got more minutes, the numbers should be there. He just has never had more than 30 minutes a game to show his numbers. Moving on to the Brooklyn Baller of the Week. We are going to be taking into account their last four games, the Heat, the Mavericks, the Sixers, and the, the Timberwolves. The Heat was their lone win of the week. He was the lone win of the week. And in those four games, drum roll please, Spencer Dinwiddie is the Brooklyn Baller of the Week. I know most people are probably expecting D'Angelo Russell, but after looking at the stats, Dinwiddie and the Russell. The first two games that we did in this episode, D'Angelo Russell had a horrible game, and Spencer Dinwiddie was consistently good in all three games. They both played 29 minutes per game about. They Dinwiddie averaged 21, Russell averaged 20. 
Dinwiddie hit more threes, had more assists, and shot a better percent from the field. So and turn the in, ball over less in le- in a less amount of shots. So it has to be Spencer Dinwiddie over the past four games. He's averaging twenty one, seven and three, on fifty two percent shooting in twenty nine point three minutes. So yeah, Dinwiddie is this week's Brooklyn Ball of the Week. So far, if you guys have lost count, the tally is one Dinwiddie, one Russell, one Joe Harris, three Karis Leverts, and. It looks as though right now there is a real chance Najee could Najee still be painting Karis Levert on his there chest. There's not a chance Najee loses Cause, the bet. Because if Russell wins, at this point I have to do nothing because Levert is down. But he agreed that if somehow D'Angelo Russell still did not pass three by the end of the season or whenever Levert returns, that he will he'll pass he three. will paint Karis Levert <laughs> on his chest and post it on our Twitter. He'll easily pass three. Um, move their next game. Looking ahead, the Nets host the Utah Jazz on Wednesday. The Jazz haven't been as good as most people thought they were going to be coming and into the season. It is still likely they lose this game. I'm going to say they win. They're going to end the three-game losing streak. They're playing at home. I'm going to say they win I this hope game. So I hope you're right. Last time I said that they were going to win, they went out and lost three straight. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say that they win this one. But that'll do it for this episode, guys. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes at HoopBallNets or at Hoop-Ball. You can follow us on Twitter at HoopBallNets. You can follow us in individually. I'm at Najee Adams underscore if you don't know how to spell Najee. N-A-J-E-E Adams underscore Hunter. At Hunter underscore J-K-R. That'll do it for this episode. We'll see you guys next time.